This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Fell Rushing, me and Java Chapman. Uh, going to be bringing this garden party to you. If you want to give us a call, Kevin Farrell is going to be our phone greeter today. It's real easy. It's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING, MPB from Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 1-877-MPB-RING. We'll talk about gardening. That's what we're here for today. Uh, here it is the week before Thanksgiving. And uh, by the way, I could use a little bit of help over the next hour or so. I'm going to be soliciting input from all you who are listening, I'm talking about not just folks in Mississippi, but I know there's some folks over the podcast who might listen to this over the weekend, but sometime between now and early part of next week, I'm looking for people to send me little short stories about things that you like to do, but you really don't look forward to doing it in the garden. Chores, things that are part of gardening that, you know, you just got to do is like, you know, washing dishes. You know, everybody got to wash dishes. Not everybody likes washing dishes, but that's part of home cooking. So uh, we're going to be taping a special holiday program next week for Thanksgiving weekend on things that we're (laughs) not entirely thankful for in the garden. I've got people from Java. I mean, should I put it that way? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I should have said on Thanksgiving, what are you not thankful for? <laughs> From what you told me about it, it that, that's kind of almost like the way it's going to be. People, yeah. people could, they, they're going to they're gonna be surprised when they tune in. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you got grass at your house, right? A little bit. <laughs> who, who, who mows it? Me. Do you look forward to it? I see your point. <laughs> Some people like mowing grass. They love it. Some people, you want to have a lawn, you got to mow it. You really don't like it. So we're looking for garden gripes, not about your neighbors or other people or things, but, but things that you have to do that you sort of look forward to it, but you kind of dread it a little bit at the same time. Garden chores that that you'd like to gripe about. So this could be a grumpy gardener session. I've got people lined up from literally all over the country. Got some garden writers, some people that that uh, that you're familiar with. You see them on on uh, on MPB TV and public television. You read them in the magazines and the newspapers, and they're going to send in things in their gardens that they don't really like to do, but it's just part of gardening. So this is going to be a grumpy gardener next Thursday. If you've got some ideas, some things that, you know, keep it simple, keep it clean, uh, but shoot me an email about something that you really don't like to do or irritates you or, you know, just whatever, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. It's all about being thankful for being able to get out and do stuff, but, you know, you just got to take care of the chores too. For the next hour, again, it's going to be a call-in program. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free. 1877 MPB ring. We've got the lines wide open, but let me give a shout out while we're while we're, we're cranking things up here to a little town called Amory. Up in northeast Mississippi. I went up to Amory, drove around, and I worked with a landscape up there. It's a really, really interesting town. Uh, but I also went to, through Bruce. I went to Bruce, Mississippi, Calhoun County. Uh, swung by the Bruce Library, the Jesse Lee Yancey Library. As soon as I walked in the door, we were Tell you the truth, they're looking for a place to go to the bathroom, and it was nice and warm because of a cold day. But walked in there, the librarians immediately recognized the Gestalt Garden, and I, it made me feel good because small town, and, uh, you know, it's just kicking around ideas, old guy like me. I also st- uh, swung by the office of the Calhoun County Journal, the newspaper there, 
and uh, just to say hey because they uh, they run a column of mine every week. But uh, they have a life-size scarecrow made entirely out of shredded newspapers, and oddly enough, it looked like me. <laughs> it was black and you know I'm kind of gray and you know that. But anyway, it looked like me, so I did a selfie with the there the Calhoun County Journal. Uh, took back roads all the way down uh, from from uh, from uh, town. All the way down back roads, including a couple of gravel roads to Eupora and French Camp. Uh, swung by Jeff Busby, which is a, a, a park there on the Natchez Trace, Little Mountain. It had the best fall colors in north central Mississippi. So had a real good opportunity to get out and enjoy fall colors. Enjoy the. It was cold. It was cold and uh, actually freezing. Uh, but had a really good time with it. Um, one of the things I did want to mention, though, I was at Pontotoc. The, the garden club there in Pontotoc uh, hosted me, and it was, wow, what a great crowd. We had lots of fun. Uh, big, big crowd on a cold Tuesday night talking about gardening. I uh, hope to do more around the state uh, this coming spring, but I enjoy staying with Jane and Toby Winston. They got a, a little B&B called Bodoc Cottage and wandered around their classic southern cottage garden with coffee the next morning. Anyway, it just doesn't get any better than that for gardeners. Again, toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's start out this morning in Madison and talk with Bonnie. Hey, Bonnie. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. A little chill. Well, better this morning than it was yesterday. At least it's sunny. It's beautiful. I'm out right now. It's beautiful. What can I help uh, you with? My question was uh, concerned. I wanted to know have we waited too late to start pruning, uh, like the uh, crepe myrtle trees and. Uh, a holly branches. Oh yeah. no, no, no! You get you know. Are you you talking about just shaping them up or getting rid of uh, total br- cutting branches completely off or just cutting them back or what? Well, uh, say for instance, the holly's cutting them back, but the crape murders, you know, I guess you cut, you have to cut the branches off. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're cutting something off like it was never there, you know, just comp- cutting back to where it started growing, you can do that any time of the year, Bonnie. But as far as shaping stuff up, really, you've waited till about the earliest. You know, we want to wait till after we get a frost so that they don't put out new growth. But uh, but let me, let me warn you about something. If you're cutting your azaleas back, you know you're cutting a few flowers off. But hollies also are spring-blooming plants. If you have the kind of holly that's got berries on it, I wouldn't cut everything back because that's that's next year's uh, berries. So just, you, But anyway, answer your question. You can eat stuff up now. Uh, it's going to be a pretty weekend for it, and uh, there's no chance of them putting out new growth. So it, it, go ahead on. Okay. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Okay. Okay, uh, and she she said, you know, cutting a crepe myrtles back. Half the people on in the South think you should not cut crepe myrtles back. Half the people say, mind your own business. Crepe myrtle says, we don't care. We don't care. So whichever you want to go, it's a style, folks. If you don't like it, don't do it. Just like plucking eyebrows. Some people do and some people don't. Or which way you roll your toilet paper doesn't really matter to anybody but you. So crepe myrtle pruning is a style. It's not a sin. Now, let's go to Memphis. Ela, how are you this morning? I have a complaint already. It does matter which way you put your toilet paper. <laughs> Not to, well, only if you want to see the pretty print facing you. I don't care about the print. <laughs> are you the type of person? Are you wait, wait, wait? Are you the type of person you go to a hotel? You turn it around because it ain't the I right way. <laughs> well, we appreciate. I will change it if I can. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things, one of those things. But anyway, what you got going on? You got you got gnats in your plants? Yes, and I can't get them to go away. I've put, like, chemicals, you know, like the, the gnat spray or whatever it is. I don't even know. And yeah. it smells, like, bad. 
And, you know, I'll put that on it every once in a while. I just don't know where they're coming from. And I guess I figured the dirt has, you know, their eggs in it or something now. But, I mean... Have you have you ever had you know gone for a long time with no bananas at all, and then you put bananas in your kitchen, and two weeks later you've yes. got nasty with fruit flies and things like that. Yes. Uh, you know that this you know they're they're natural, and these are they're called fungus gnats. They actually feed on a real natural, safe, beneficial fungus. Is breaking down your potting soil, and typically when you when you see gnats in in potting soil, there's two things. You're probably keeping them a little too wet. If you let them get a little bit drier between soaking. You won't have as many gnats, and if you put and if you put some kind of natural mulch on top, gravel or chip marble or you know something like that, they're coming out of the potting soil, and they're not really hurting anything. They're just irritating us. They're, yeah. they're feeding on moist, decaying potting soil. And yeah, so, I tried marbles actually, and it just got more moldy and yeah. gross, so I took those out. Okay, well let's back up then. You're watering too often. Okay. <laughs> because you know, when, when we have fungus gnats, that tells me we have really moist potting soil. Okay. And uh, so okay. if, you, if that, that'll be one thing, if you stir the potting soil up a little bit, and uh, don't you know, let it get dry a good solid finger deep in your pots. You won't have okay. as many. Then use some kind of you know not marbles, but use some kind of chipped uh, marble type stuff, or you know something that that lays flat in there, and that'll help. Okay. Okay, well, I'll try it. And and take your glasses off. The gnats disappear. <laughs> I didn't know I wear glasses. <laughs> Bye, Ela. Bye, thank you. One eight seven seven MPB ring fungus gnats. You know, it's a weird job I got. There's not a lot of horticulture emergencies. If you got gnats in your house, that's going to become an emergency real quick. Uh, give us a call. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Let me throw out a few things that are coming up this week. Got a few, a few events uh, this this Saturday. Uh, the 17th, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Camellia Society is having this 66th annual Camellia show this Saturday, November 17th. This could be at the Lyman Community Center. Lyman is just north of Gulfport off of Highway 49. Lyman Community Center, Gulfport. They'll have hundreds of Camellia blooms, uh, all different kinds. You can learn about Camellia care. They can have Camellias for sale. It's free. It opens at 1 o'clock, Lyman Community Center there in Gulfport. Also, they're uh, Kapai County Master Gardeners. Uh, they had a little hiatus there back in the fall, but they're back teaching people about fun, interesting stuff. Kapai County, uh, which is uh, uh, south of, no, between Brookhaven and Jackson uh, on Interstate uh, 55. The Master Gardeners are do, doing a program this coming Tuesday night on vermicomposting. That's not a nasty word. Vermicomposting means putting a special kind of tropical worm in a box feeding them newspaper and vegetable scraps, and they turn it into beautiful, rich, expensive compost. Vermicomposting is composting with worms in a box. Uh, this would be a good one for kids if you're interested in that. Uh, they're fun. Kids kind of like it. It's easy. It doesn't smell bad. I've been, uh, I'm an old hand at vermicomposting. I used to have a sweater box full of worms, uh, and, and they, I shredded up my newspaper, my kitchen scraps. They turned it into super-rich compost. Um, and with apologies to our boss, Ronnie Agnew, who used to be the executive director there, the uh, 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 executive editor, yeah, at uh, Clarion Ledger, um, my worms had a hard time digesting the editorial pages of the newspaper. <laughs> Sorry, Java, I can do that, can I? 
Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is going to be Tuesday night, November 20th. This is going to be at 6 p.m., Kapai County. It's called the Community Safe Room. It's just east of uh, Interstate 55 there at Exit 65. It's a free program. They can have door prizes and refreshments, pass along plants. A uh, couple of other things, but one in really, really special. This can be fun, a super special treat. I'm going to have my uh, truck on display, garden, garden art and all, uh, at this year at the Crim- Chimneyville Crafts Festival. Uh, Chim- Crafts Fair. The Chimneyville Crafts uh, Fair is at the State Fairground there at the, uh, um, I forget the name of the, the, the trademark, trademark. It's going to be the last weekend in November, Friday and Saturday, November the 30th and December 1st. Now, they got a preview party on Thursday night where they have uh, food and drink and live music and, and all that, and, uh, and, it, and it's huge. It's sort of a preview thing. I'll have my truck there, but uh, the show is going to be Friday, November 30th from 9 to 6, and Saturday, December 2nd, or December 1st, I guess, <laughs> from 9 to 5. Mississippi Trademark. Uh, the craftspeople, all stripes, I mean, glass artists, metal artists, carvers, weavers, knife makers, furniture craftsmen, much, much more. Uh, they've been going for years and years. It's a terrific place to 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 get ideas and gifts and special crafts done by local craftsmen and we're not talking about hobbyists we're talking about real craftspeople. Uh my celebrated container garden uh truck is going to have a special little thing designed by garden designer Mark Patrick. He's going to help fill up some tire planters to accompany my truck. It's going to be parked in all its funky glory right inside the trademark. I'm also be giving a talk or two on the relationship between gardeners, their plants, and their yard art. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, Friday, November 30th, Saturday, December 1st, with a preview preview party on December on Thursday, November 29th. I hope to see y'all there. It's a lot of fun. The people are fun. It's a bunch of really earnest, honest craftspeople. It'll be a whole lot of fun. Uh, if you have anything I can help promote, shoot me an email. It's really easy. Garden at mpbonline.org. Garden at mpbonline.org. We're going to take a really, really short break and come back uh, with some more of the, this garden party. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I promise to be nice. I'm going to put a smile in my voice, and we're going to talk about gardening, even if you're a little bit grumpy. By the way, I could use some emails from you about things that give you the gripes in your own garden, things you really don't enjoy, but you know you got to do it, things that bring cloudy thoughts. Because that's a part of gardening, too. It's not all fun and games. So um, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. We're going to take a quick break and come out with your phone calls right after this. I'm Horticulture's Fell to Rushing. Me and Java and Kevin and all the other folks here at MPB are going to be bringing this party to you right till the end of the hour. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. They're starting to roll in, Java. I just got a, a, an email from Steve Bender. He was uh, he's a retired uh, garden editor of uh, Southern Living Magazine. He wrote a book called The Grumpy Gardener. He is the country's grumpiest garden. He just sent me an email. And he said, I'm in. So we could get the real grumpy gardener. But also just want to let you know, I got I got your email, Mary Margaret, about your grump. 
We're going to share that next week. It's, it's going to be a holiday program, folks, and because it's a long holiday, we're going to have a, a tape program, but it's going to be a special event. It's going to be the Grouchy Gardener. We haven't come up with a title for it yet. But anyway, if you've got a garden garage, or how about this, something that happened to you one time, sort of a one-off event uh, that happened to you that both surprised or humiliated or made you angry, anything like that. We're looking for, for real life, you know, the real side of gardening besides the, you know, the, the songbirds and the, the fresh tomatoes and, you know, the, the nice neatly mowed lawn and, you know, the, the garden, the, the blue ribbon for yard of the month. We're, you know, everybody talks about that. We want to talk about when you scrub your fingernails so hard, you act because you had dirt on it that it made the ends of your fingers t- tingle for two days. <laughs> That's part of gardening, too. Anyway, we've got the uh, the lines wide open. We're going to go to, to Larry. I think in walls I can't see because a thing came up in it. But, uh, Larry, are you with us? I am. How are you today, I'm fine. Right? Are you in walls? I am in walls. Okay. It, there's a little thing on the screen. They told me don't push any buttons, and so I can't right. make – I'm scared to try to make it go away. What's up, man? Well, you, you, you did that the last time, you, and you had to call back on the satellite. <laughs> What's going on, man? I wanted to ask you about your your truck that you ride around. Now, the first time I ever saw you was about 10 years ago at the South Haven Library, mm-hmm. and I thought this guy was crazy riding around with a truck and got all these flowers and stuff on it. I am crazy, but not in a bad way. Right, right, right. Now, how often do you get people doing that? Now, I know once you stop you and you start talking about it, you love to talk about the flowers. So I'm wondering how many people really think that you're crazy for riding around in a truck with flowers and garden stuff all in the back. Well, you know, it, 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 my mother did, and that's enough. <laughs> but, you know, I've been doing this since my son was in a child restraint seat, a baby seat. He's an Army officer. I've been doing this for uh, 30 years. And a matter wow. of fact, this morning I had to go out. I'm holding up. You know, let's see if you can hear this. You hear that rustling stuff? That's my yes, pepper plant. My pepper plants, I mean, they melted. Pepper plants and the marigolds, you know, the summer stuff, got wiped out this past week. But I've already pulled them up, and I stuck Johnny Jump Ups and kale in their old holes. See, so it's right. just it's just a garden. But uh, I have found over the years that some people think it's funny. A lot of people honk at me, wave at me, but nobody's given me, you know, any other. Just they've given me ordinary waves. Yeah, no, no, uh, no, uh. Bad criticism on this end either. Just you know, the first yeah. time you see it, you don't know what to make of it. Yeah, well, you and, know, and if you don't know who you're looking at, what's up? And since my wife, she she's the librarian at, at the South Haven Library, uh-huh. and that's how I come about to see that. So, and you say it's I been was, ten years since I've been up there. Tell her to get on the stick. No, it's been ten years since you've been there. You. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, I remember it was a really big crowd, too. I had a good, good time, and I stopped there. There's a cemetery right across uh, uh, State Line Road from the library. Correct. uh, Correct. I spent some time wandering around there looking. Matter of fact, I think it was in the fall. I believe I got a picture of some really pretty poison eye with pretty fall colors. But anyway, Larry, I started doing this thing in the back of the truck with a bag of potting soil and a pepper plant, a tomato plant, and some periwinkle flowers because I was tired of people whining about not being able to garden. And I'm thinking, what's the hardest place to possibly garden? And it started from a bag of potting soil, some plant, and it worked. And so I use it as a teaching tool that anybody can garden. And if I can do it in the back of a truck, you can do better at home. Correct. So that's well, the whole I idea. It. And I, I, find it, uh, I find it a nice deal, you know, 
like you said, to teach people and stuff like that. You taught me because I didn't know. I just thought it was some crazy kook riding around with his tomatoes in the back. <laughs> well, I guess you got to be crazy to come up with ideas like this. So just like next week we're doing the grumpy gardener thing, people say, what? Well, gar- everybody's always cheerful. Gardening is fun. Gardening is relaxing. Gardening therapeutic. Yeah, well, there's poison ivy and stickers out there, too. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Anyway, Larry, tell your wife I said, hey, and I'm looking forward to being invited up to the library again. I'll tell her to invite you for thank, sure. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. You have a great day. Appreciate All righty. Uh, we're going to take a, a, a couple of calls real quick, but uh, I want to let you know the music that I chose today is, uh, you know, I like all kinds of music, jazz and uh, blues. I like military marches. I like barbershop quartets, symphonic music, but I also like country music. We got one that's going to sing a tune about how my garden is going to be one day, how we all think of our gardens. Meanwhile, let's go to Benton. Hey, Gloria, good morning. Gloria, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, you you ignored us for a while there, didn't you? No, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> what's up? If you turn your radio down, it won't, hear, it won't be quite so confusing. But what's up? Yes, uh, my call is um, an interest, my hibiscus. I would like to know what the best method is uh, for keeping them alive during the winter. Now, are these uh, the ones with the kind of a slick, dark green leaf and the, the fist size or teacup size flowers? Yes, they're Hawaiian yeah. hibiscus, I think they're called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they will, uh, you did bring it in, didn't you? I have not. They're actually uh, in, the, in the yard. They're not potted. Okay, well, you need to go out and check and make sure they didn't die this past week because uh, they're real sensitive to frost and freeze. If you know, so uh, anyway, if it's still alive, what you're gonna need to do is dig them up, put them in a pot, and bring them indoors because they will freeze solid. I mean, they they die like a pepper plant. Pepper plants can live for years and years too, but if they freeze, they die. So anyway, make sure it's, it's still alive. Um, and if if it looks like it's got some damage, Gloria, you can actually cut it back to a foot or two tall. Dig that part up, put it in a pot, and bring it in. It'll sprout back out new growth. So if the top part may have gotten frozen, the bottom may still be nice and, and, and alive. But anyway, you got to bring them in over the winter. Bring it in over the winter. Yep. Thank you so much. If you want to grow some hibiscus outside, let me suggest that there's an old-fashioned shrub called althea. Some people call it Rose of Sharon. It, it, it is a true hibiscus. It's hibiscus syriacus. Uh, also, I grow, uh, uh, believe it or not, I grow okra, a burgundy kind of okra, which is a hibiscus. It has a flower on, on, just like a hibiscus, too. So there's lots of stuff with that flower that you don't have to drag in over the winter. No, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay, Gloria, appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. Bye now. Bye, bye now. I love it. This is great, folks. We're going to be talking about gardening up until the end of the hour. We're going to take a break next week because it's a, a weekend and be back live the following week. But next week, we're doing a special program. Me and Java are going to put together a special program, some cheesy little music, but also Garden Gripes. Garden Gripes. It's going to be a fun one, so I hope you tune in for that. Um, I, I did want to mention again that my truck is going to be Garden, Garden Art and All. It's going to be at the Chimneyville Crafts Festival. That's in two weeks. That's uh, Friday and Saturday, November the 30th and December the 1st, the preview, preview party night before. If you'd like some more information about that, uh, it's going to be at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson at the fairgrounds. You can go to, to MS Crafts. 
mscrafts.org, Mississippi Crafts, mscrafts.org. All kinds of crafts people. The guy that makes gourd, thunder gourds, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, folks, and really, really interesting stuff. So anyway, let's take a... Uh, Let's go to, to let's talk to Linda. We got some cheesy music coming up in just a second, but Linda's calling from Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, Linda. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. Hey, for taking, hey, hey, thank you for taking my call. Oh, I'm interested in growing uh, some plants called cana. I uh, they're like lilies. Yep. My brother has had some for years, and they're, they're the prettiest plants to me. But I, I don't I don't really know the first thing about getting them started off, but. But I'm 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 willing to learn. You know, and 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 this is one of the top ten what I call pass along plants. You know, the kind of plants that everybody grows but nobody buys. They always get it from somebody who got it from somebody who got it from somebody. Uh, Canna's uh, they froze down on the ground this past week. They turned really slimy and nasty. Is your brother in Memphis too? Yes, he is. Okay. Uh, then he'll tell you there are, I mean, they look like they've been hit with a blowtorch. They're just completely melted. But what you do is down at the base of them, if you dig up a piece around the edge, they've got this uh, kind of a, a thick root. It's not a, it's, it's not exactly a stem. It's not a bulb. But it's this thing down at the base of it that's still alive. So what you do is you cut some of the slimy stuff off that, that just froze, and you dig up pieces of the, the little bodies with roots and just put them in your yard. And they'll come up next spring like ringing a bell. They're one of the easiest plants to dig up and move. Well, they're so pretty, and I thank you so much for that. I I, I didn't know the name of them, and he can. Did, so it can. Yeah, can. C-A-N-N, canna. Let me mention this. One of the problems with them is when they die down in the winter, you got nothing to look at. So that's when I say get you, you know what a gazing ball is? One of those round, look like reflective silver ball. You, you get one of those or a concrete chicken or a little bottle tree or a bird bath or you know, a little bunny sculpture, something out there to put out there to give you something to look at over the winter till the cannons come back in the spring. Okay. Well, I really appreciate it, and thanks so much. I love the show. I pre- oh, 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 one last thing. If you go out to the Botanic Garden in the summertime, they got four or five different kinds of cannas. Some that are solid. Some are deep burgundy, almost black colored. Some are striped. There's all different kinds. So once you get one started, you see how easy it is. Have fun. Okay. Thanks a lot. I appreciate your call this morning. We got some other. Thank you. We've got some calls on the line. We're going to come back with more of that. It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I'm looking for grouchy garden uh, anecdotes or things that surprise you. Things that were on the other side of the dial from happy and pleasant, and warm and fuzzy, real garden stuff. Shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Here's a tune. We're going to. I like to break stuff up. You know, break it up a little bit. Take a breather. This is for folks who feel like that. It's going to be better in the garden one of these days. I'm horticulturist Phil Rushing. Me and Java be right back with you.
search and find a better way to talk I'm gonna spit and polish my old rough edge self Till I get rid of every single flaw I'm gonna be the world's best friend I'm gonna go around shaking everybody's hand Hey, I'm gonna be the cotton-picking rage of the age I'm gonna be a diamond someday Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. You know, I love this old truck of mine. You know, I love this old truck of mine. It's going to be a diamond one of these days. Wait till you see it at the Chimneyville Craftsman Guild uh, event uh, down at the Trademark and Fairgrounds. It's going to be shining. I want to have my plants all prettied up. Gonna Mark Patrick is a, uh, a celebrated uh, container garden designer. He's going to have a, a tire planter decorated all up, and I'm going to have me a little portable bottle tree. And we're going to talk about folk art. But anyway, you want to see my truck? Come on down to the fairgrounds. Meanwhile, let's go over to Rankin County and talk with Kathy. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Hello, Kathy. She's come. Is she there? I, I didn't touch anything. I did not touch a thing. Kathy, if you're listening, give us a call back. It's toll-free, 187. See, if you even call twice, it's both of them are free. 1877-MPB-RING. Um, this, uh, there's a, a few things going on. This past week, I got about eight inches of rain. I know our friends out in Southern California, Northern California, got some real dear friends out there, and it is devastated out there. The rain, we've got people up in the in the New England across the south, even here in the Mid-South, uh, that, that got a lot of snow and ice. It's been tough. It's tough. But my garden is great. <laughs> I mean, I'm thankful for it, but I got eight inches of rain. How do I know? Because I got a rain gauge, and I've had to empty it twice. Uh, anyway, over eight inches. Uh, the freeze booglified by summer annuals. And by the way, booglified is a is a word, a term coined by my friend Clayton Allen. Clayton Allen is a linguistic professor, and uh, we were talking one time about there's there's really not a good word for what happens to plants that freeze. Well, you can say, well, they froze. That doesn't really describe when a plant freezes, it thaws, and it wilts over it, and it starts dripping, oozing green stuff. You know, I mean, just completely, the cells have burst, and the dripping liquid chlorophyll. Anyway, he said, well, you can make up a word. I said, what do you mean? He said, you say booglified if you want to. So that's what we call it, booglified. Anyway, my pepper's booglified. So did my angelonia, my basil. Ooh, it's a sweet-smelling booglification process. Uh, jewels of Opar, my perina, elephant ears. Oh, the elephant ears, they are nasty right now. Got to go out. I should have cut them down before the frost because they, they, they cut with a crunch. Now they cut with a squish. Anyway, that's what happens, folks. There's still plenty of stuff you can put out. Uh, I've got, I'm getting some great salads out of the garden. They they, they just get sweeter with the cold weather. And uh, I found me some, uh, I, coming back from uh, giving this talk up in Pontotoc, I swung through Grenada, and I stopped by a seed store there. 
can't remember the name of it. It was, uh, it was like a you know, Western wear siege, but they had some of this this oh, this uh, kale, this lacinata, the blue kale I've been looking for. Couldn't find it in Jackson. It's weird because it's such a great winter texture and a colorful plant all winter, nice and almost a blue-green. It's sweeter in soup than any other kale, lacinata, or uh, some people call it dinosaur kale. Anyway, I planted some in my truck garden by the purple kale behind the violas. Got got some more for some flower beds and pots for winter color. Maybe we'll find some closer to home. Anyway, love doing that kind of stuff. Now, let's see if we can get Kathy back on the line. Kathy, thank you for calling back. What's up, lady? Hey, Felder. Howdy. I'm doing fine. I was re- writing, my call is referring to the guy that called you about your truck and how funny it was to see a truck <laughs> sitting there with you growing tomatoes in it. Uh-huh. Well, I read an article somewhere that a guy had a grocery store cart, and he put his tomatoes in the grocery store cart and rolled it all around his yard. <laughs> Uh-oh. I didn't touch it. Look, I got my arms crossed. My arms are crossed. I didn't touch anything. Anyway, she got clear. But she said she had a, a guy with a grocery cart with his tomatoes that it rolled around. You know, if you got probably shade, you can put it in the sun in the morning, then move it over the sun in the afternoon, I guess. But uh, also, if you really want to see some, some fun, probably the most extreme thing about, about growing stuff in trucks, go online and do a Google for Japanese truck garden competition. They have a big thing every year where landscape contractors get together and they fix up some trucks with the most incredible gardens with patio, little patios and, and uh, water gardens and everything. But anyway, just Google it. You'll come up to it. But Japanese truck garden or Japanese truck garden competition, it is so funny. I've had a lot of people send me links to that. But those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, if you'll go to my website, which is, I don't sell anything, but it's felderrushing.com blog, B-L-O-G, fellowrushing.blog. Uh, I've got a little article about my truck garden. i got pictures of it. got a, the, a clip that, that uh, here at MPB they did when my truck got stolen and uh, the folks up at Holmes Community College fixed it back up for and replanted it. Uh, but anyway, it's just an idea of growing stuff in the back of a truck to show that you can grow stuff pretty much anywhere. I've been doing it for about 30 years, I guess. Uh, if you do go to the website, let me throw this out. Uh, I have a, uh, a a new thing on there um, I just put on. It's called Falls Balls. Java is Falls Balls. It's a picture of all sorts of stuff from my yard and the neighborhood that are round. And I've got persimmons. By the way, can you see where you are? This little, it's about the size of a, not as big as a ping pong ball. This is a native persimmon. I've been watching them all year, and they're just now soft to eat enough. That's a native persimmon, but this is a Japanese persimmon. It's almost the size of a baseball. <laughs> but Now, that's crazy because most, um, I guess, things when they had a Japanese, it'd be like a smaller uh, you know, size is funny that that one is bigger. Yeah, and it's it's really funny. But anyway, our native persimmons are orange, and the, now that we got a frost, they lose their stringency. So you can, you know, they they they'll turn you, they'll pucker you real bad or real good if you like puckering. But um, the the we've had a frost, so they're perfectly edible. But the Japanese ones, 
are, oh, they're almost the size of a baseball. And they're terrific landscape plants. Uh, there's one not far from, from where I live here in Jackson. My great-grandmother had one that was older than my father, and Katrina finally blew it over. Katrina, that was uh, 250 miles from the coast. It still blew it over. Anyway, Japanese persimmons are incredible landscape specimen trees. Uh, there's one called Fuyu, F. U Y U or Fuyugaki. It is uh, it's not a stranger. You can eat it with a spoon like a plum. Anyway, uh, Oriental persimmons, Japanese persimmons, so much more interesting and bigger and more predictable than our native persimmons. But uh, anyway, there's one other thing I've got. I just put it up yesterday, uh, and I'm going to be referring to it. I've already sent it out to two different people. When folks email me, want to know what can they do about this crepe myrtle bark scale. Uh, I've gotten emails about it from uh, from up near Memphis, emails about it in Oxford. It's all over Jackson. It's down on the coast. It's a terrible, terrible little insect, and it's really boogering up our crepe myrtle trees. A lot of misinformation floating around about what it is and what you can do about it, what you can't do about it. Well, what I did was I talked to Greg Grant here on MPB uh, three or four weeks ago. Greg is a horticulturist from Texas A&M. He's been working with it since they first discovered it in Dallas, and uh, he's uh, he'd been working with it for 10 years. And uh, he said, here's what we all agree on, uh, horticulture, university, entomologists. Anyway, I put a, uh, a thing on my, my blog with pictures uh, of it, a little bit about it, where it came from, what you can do and what people are saying you can do that doesn't work. So if you're interested or if you're horrified or if you're sad or you're angry or whatever, you all those emotions about crepe myrtles, this is a terrible pest that just showed up. And it's, it's really, really bad. Go to my my blog, felderrushing.blog, and I've uh, got a little uh, whole thing with pictures and everything, and uh, hopefully a positive thing, because I ended up with a list of great little trees, small trees, and pretty shrubs that can be limbed up into small trees that have the same... I really can't say they're a substitute. There's no substitute for crepe myrtles. But these are good alternative choices, alternate choices. Um, and, uh, you know, things like Yopan hollies and Sisanqua camellias and uh, the Japanese persimmon and things like that, some terrific plants that will have that same little accent uh, function of a crepe myrtle or some that can be limbed up into a nice little row or an alley uh, of crepe myrtles. Anyway, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But if you want the real scoop on it without me trying to sell you anything, and it does have the stuff you can do, Go to felderrushing.blog. While you're there, check out my picture I took of my falls balls. <laughs> Had a good time with that one. Now, Felder, you brought in those persimmons. What's, yeah. what's the other um, the other little plant you brought in, a well, piece of a plant? <laughs> yeah, when you hold it upside down, it looks normal. When you pick it up, it all wilts and dripping all like that. That's all that's left of the pepper plant from the back of my truck after the freeze. This is what booglified looks like. Okay, now that's there it is. A, a visual representation <laughs> yeah. of Booglify. It was proud, it was pert, all these peppers were standing up saying, Look at me, we're great. Now they're going, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Hey, you want to give us a call, folks? We're going to take a real quick break. We've got a caller on the line, but got some lines wide open. We're going to be talking about gardening, and uh, it's going to be live today and uh, next oh, December 1st, no, November the 30th, we'll be back. But next week, we've got a special taped program that Java and I are going to put together next week, and you can be part of it by shooting me an email with something that you have to do in your garden that you really don't like or you dread or makes you mad or, or something weird that happened to you that surprised you or shocked you. Garden gripes. This is what we're going to do on 
Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to take a real quick break and uh, go to Pelahatchee and talk about controlling bugs. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Me and Java Chapman, Kevin Farrell in there uh, being the phone greeter here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Okay, well, folks, welcome back. One of the culture's fellow rushing. And by the way, I just want to give a special thanks to Nancy Perkins. She, she's the executive director of the Mississippi Craftsman's uh, Guild of Mississippi, the Craftsman's Guild of Mississippi. And she's the one who invited me to bring my truck in a couple of weeks. We'll be talking about that. But my truck and its garden and some of the yard art. And uh, also, I want to, uh, again, let you know that Mark Patrick, who is a, he is a, a celebrated container garden designer. He works at uh, Garden Works, which is a garden center between Madison and Ridgeland on Highway 51. Mark has been doing stuff for many, many years. He's going to do a special tire planter thing for my truck. It's going to be at the Craftsman's Guild uh, 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 event they have every year. It's going to be Friday, November the 30th, Saturday, December the 1st at the Trademark. Look forward to seeing some of y'all there. Meanwhile, let's go to Pelahatchee. Hey, Patricia, what's up? Hi, Felder. Howdy. Thank you so much. You bet. Um, so you're talking about that new insect. Uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to use oil of peppermint? Well, as an insecticide. Well, yeah, any of any of the the really aromatic oils like uh, like any of the mints, peppermint. Um, uh, what's what's the one that's really that mosqui- does mosquitoes? Uh, peppermint. Oh, there's uh, another one. It's it's not clove. Um, citronella. The there's wintergreen. Yeah, all of those, and even rosemary. Uh-huh. Any, any of those those with a real scented oil. Uh, okay. You know, I, I do a pretty good job. But the problem is, they only repel. It's their oil that repels them, which means you got to rub them up or rub it on you, or or, or you know, uh, it, it's it, you have to release. You have to bruise the leaves to release the oil. Oh, but, I see. Well, see, I was uh, researching this because I just had to have my chimney flash redone again because <laughs> the mockingbirds uh, chew. Uh, they peck holes in the flashing sealant and put their berries and things down in there, and then I get a leak. They oh. my chimney. Well, you know, uh, you're, talking about our, you're talking about our state bird here. Yes, yes, <laughs> I know, but in, I, I don't think I can afford it every year. But anyway, in reading about, uh, you know, repellents for birds, I came across uh, the information about insecticide using it, but it was not, it, it didn't give really any information about well, it. So the, you really actually have to rub it on. Yeah. The, the reason they do that, and, and I'll be honest with you, I work with a lot of garden journalists. I work with a whole lot of, of, of uh, experts, and sometimes we don't have an answer. And a lot of garden experts don't yeah. have the self-confidence to say, sorry, ma'am, there ain't nothing we can do. So they'll make stuff up. <laughs> You know, and yeah. uh, you know they well, talk about uh, uh, you know about the the stuff that you can do without explaining uh-huh. that it doesn't really work. They're just trying to make you feel good, and I don't feel like I got to make people feel good. <laughs> well, you know, and again, I love birds of yeah. all kinds. I, I paint them. I look at the pictures in the how, Audubon. How do you I get love them to the how, mockingbird? How do you get them to stay still long enough to paint them? 
Well, that's the thing. You have to take a picture and then take it. <laughs> well, anyway, no, the, oh, the, it's, it's, so it's oil. The, and by the way, you can buy concentrated uh, oils, you know, that, 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 that are... Uh, I can't remember the words, but anyway, they're really concentrated, you know, like people use to, you know, make them smell good and all like that. You can get those uh, to actually spray on stuff, but I'm okay, afraid it well, won't won't work well on birds. Well, you know, uh, that was one reason that I was uh, trying to repel them instead of kill them. Uh, but I just, I wish they'd go to somebody else's chimney. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just part of, you know, we, we you know, we, yeah. we, it's, it's a big tent out there. You know, we got to get along with birds that we don't like, just like, you know, can't, That's can't right. all be hummingbirds. That is so right. Even they can be suspicious. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet. And by the way, do you mind if we, uh-huh. if, if we, uh, uh, use a part of this conversation in next week's program? Cause it's a really good gripe you got going there. <laughs> well, that'll be just fine. It does relate to gardening and the fact that uh, in researching to repel them, uh, it, it did say, uh, and I was thinking, boy, if I had a garden, I'd, I'd spray that on there. Well, I tell you what will keep the, the mockingbirds from pulling your flashing apart is nail it down tighter next time. <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm just messing with you, Patricia. I know, I know it's, 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 it's really irritating. I have to it's just, I know it's irritating. Anyway, good luck on it. Thank you. Bye-bye. By the way, I got an email this past week from a woman who uh, heard this thing about Nandinas killing birds and Nandina berries. And that's been floating around quite a bit. And this is an example of something where they take something that's true and they they take it all out of proportions. Nandina berries, very few birds eat them to begin with. It's just not that big a deal. But every now and then, this flock of birds, they're called cedar waxwings. Cedar waxwings come in in a big swoop. They can strip a plant before your eyes. Uh, cedar waxwings, are, are, they're unusual in that they eat a lot of berries at one time. They store them in their craw, which most birds don't do. And if they get some, some that have been frozen, that are starting to ferment, they put so many in their craw that it actually can poison them. But it's not the Nandina, it's the greedy birds. And other birds, it doesn't bother them that much. But anyway, if you're worried about Nandinas and birds and poisoning, don't not plant Nandinas, but sometime in the the late winter, January, early February, uh, before the birds come through, just go out and snip the berries off. Enjoy them while you can for the holidays. Just snip the berries off, and it's not that big a deal. Uh, But anyway, that's an example of a myth that's been blown all out of proportion, and all of a sudden they're they're saying all sorts of crazy, crazy stuff. Hey, let's go to uh, to Brandon and talk with Connie. Hey, Connie, good morning. Uh, Good morning. Thank you uh, for taking my call. That was an informative call, that lady that had uh, the the hummingbirds, because, you know, we have leaks in our chimney flashing, and we haven't been able to figure it out. So, But I have seen hummingbirds coming from that direction, so I'm going to look into that. That's a a good idea. She was talking about the mockingbirds. Uh, Oh, mockingbirds. Yeah, yeah, mockingbirds. They're the ones that wake up at 4 in the morning. I have a question about... uh, uh, succulent houseplants. Uh-huh. I bought some this summer, and they're they're expensive. And I had I had a lot of. Uh, uh, exp- I mean, I kept trying, and and I'd lose some of them. And finally, uh-huh. I got one to really work in a in a certain uh, place where it got minimal some some sun. Right. And um, 
it really grew big, and I br- I brought it in the other night because I don't think they'll do well uh, in in the cold cold weather. So, and I don't have a window that has a lot of sun. Mm-hmm. The only window I have is just provides minimal minimal sun right. in the, during the day. Is right. that going to be enough, or do I have? Well, you know, it, you know, it's hard to say, Connie. First of all, I grow a lot of different kind of succulents. Matter of fact, some people think I'm a little bit nutty about that. I've got dozens and dozens of all different kinds. I'm crazy about them. Some of them are perfectly hardy outside. Uh, it, it, matter of fact, they'll grow up in Canada, you know, outside. So, you mm-hmm. know, it, it really depends on what. And I've seen where they sent, they have these little containers with different kind of succulents in them at some of the stores. And I look at them, about half of them are hardy outside, about half aren't. Um, but anyway, to answer your question, they'll get by without a whole lot of sunshine over the winter as long as you don't keep them wet. You can let them go bone dry between soakings. That's where we lose a lot of our succulents is they're, you know, they store water uh, in their leaves and they rot if you try to keep them wet all the time like you would a fern or an African violet. But uh, let me suggest this, kind of, If you can, take a picture of it, a good picture with your with your phone and send me an email uh, uh, w- with it, and I might be able to give a little bit more, you know, whether it grow outside or not. I can I can certainly do that. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and by the way, you might want to think about putting a scarecrow up on your chimney to keep the birds huh. away. <laughs> That's a thought. <laughs> Just, right now it's wrapped in black plastic, so it won't leak. So I, a chimney, I mean, a scarecrow won't hurt. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, thank you for your call. We appreciate it a whole bunch, Connie. Thank you. We appreciate all the callers we had today. We appreciate the folks who listen by way of podcasts and over the next uh, few days, sometime before uh, uh, next week, if you have a garden gripe or something that really bothers you, irritates you, or scares you, just don't, the, the non-sunny side of the garden, uh, shoot me an email about it, garden at mpbonline.org. Had a lot of fun today, a little bit aggressive, I guess, in some things, and I'm not going to apologize to it because I feel great. The sun has got me all gurgly and want to get out and do some gardening. I'm going to. But anyway, the Gestalt Garden for the past hour has been a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producers are laid back but hardworking Java Chapman. Phone greeter is Kevin Farrell. I've been your host, Felder Rushing. Uh, I'm going to get out and think about all y'all to get out this weekend try to do a little gardening, clean up some of the boogalified plants, set out some hardy plants and rake some leaves and do some composting and you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you get a chance, though, take a kid to a farmer's market. There's some great ones right now. Take them to a garden center. Give them a $2 bill and see if they can get them a sack of bulbs or something that will give them a little inkling of this thing we call gardening. In other words, take a kid and get dirty. Support for MPB comes from Atmos Energy with a reminder that hitting underground utility lines can knock out service or cause injury. To know what's below, you can call 811, two business days before starting to dig. More at atmosenergy.com slash call 811.